Welcome to the MTD Podcast. I'm Giovanni Albanese, hosting today's show, a passionate engineer and a very proud member of the MTD team. It's a privilege to be back at the UK headquarters of DMG Mori, based in Coventry, a billion-pound global organisation and world-leading supplier of machine tools, automation and technology. Together we have embarked on a podcast journey looking at all aspects of the UK business and finding out what makes it so successful. And today we will be covering, in my opinion, the most important part of any business, sales. I'm joined by three special guests. Firstly, Steve, Steve Finn, an industry leader, ambassador for engineering and managing director of DNG Murray. Steve, thanks for having us back today and great to see you again. Hi, Joe. Yeah, thank you very much. And uh, really looking forward to this one because there's a, a lot to talk about. Thanks, Steve. Um, and we also have the pleasure to be joined by John Anderson, the UK sales director for DMG Mori, an industry expert with a background in machine tools for over 20 years. John's role covers all aspects of sales, sales realisation, sales management, project management and customer care and support. Welcome, John. Thank you, Gio. Pleasure to be here. Um, that was a very grand introduction. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I try my best, John. <laughs> and finally, uh, we also have the pleasure to be joined by MTD's very own Mark Dedman. Mark started his publishing career in 1993 and has been involved with the manufacturing industry since 1994, working with some of the top publications ever since. In 2014, Mark became a proud director of MTDCNC. Hello, my friend. How are you doing? Yeah, it's, uh, it's nice to be back at DMG Murray UK. It's, I'm, I'm loving these podcasts. It's brilliant. We're all getting a great insight into DMG Murray and, and, and especially for our listeners. Um, John, before we get into this podcast, um, can you tell our listeners a little bit about you, why you got into engineering and your journey in engineering? Yeah, my, my journey is a pretty traditional one. I did an engineering apprenticeship. Uh, seems an awful long time ago now, uh, based on the shop floor. Uh, eventually transitioned into uh, consumable tooling, sales, uh, super abrasives, and then into machine tools so about 20, 25 years ago. Um, and then about 16 years ago, I got a call from a guy called Mr. Finn, who, uh, who was very persistent at the time, and, and the rest is history. Sort of transitioned through, through what was Mori Seeky, through to DMG Mori, regional sales manager, and then through to uh, director level, um, about three, three and a half years ago now, something like that. Great story, great yeah. story, and what yeah. a brilliant industry. John, we've spent a lot of time together over the years at events, uh, some of your factories like Fronton, for instance, but when the customer uh, comes to you with, uh, they say, I'm looking for a solution, you've got 155 machine tools, and I think it's uh, in five sectors. Where does the interaction actually start for the customer? Well, that, that's through the sales function. So you, you're right, there are, there are an enormous product range and then you've got the automation solutions on, on top of that, the digital products, the digitization. This is all uh, highly technical stuff. So we spend a lot of time with our sales guys in terms of their technical development and training uh, to, to, to communicate that effectively to our customer base and, and obviously pers prospective customers as well. So when you look at it, yes, it's daunting, but it, it basically breaks down into five or six segments, as you said, which is turning milling, which is very traditional, uh, ultrasonic, laser tech, additive, and automation is, is the big thing at the moment, automation and digitization. So as we go forward, 
over the next five to ten years, these, these product lines will become more and more important to UK manufacturing. And in regards to applications, um, John, I mean, the, the, the work out there is changing, it's evolving, the complexity of parts are changing. How do you, as a, a sales organisation, organization, pick the correct product for that application? Well, we, we spend a lot of time with our sales guys in terms of understanding the customer requirement, uh, also understanding who they're speaking to, because we have generational, uh, large, large spread of generations within our customer base, from, from baby boomers right through to the new generation, Generation Z, I think it is, uh, who have much more and much more used to getting content and information. Uh, I'll give you a good example. My, my youngest two children are 16 and 18. They've never not had a mobile phone. They've never not had internet. So we as a sales team have to adapt to that uh, and make sure that we, we are in tune with, with the information on our websites and our technical content so that they can communicate that effectively. Of course, then they've got to understand what the customer requirement is, and this is really the key point. Uh, yes, we want to sell machines, but we have to sell the right machines for the right applications. So we spend a lot of time with the customers understanding what their requirement is. I don't think they realise how lucky they are, Steve. Do you remember that when we used to be on the road, we used to get a uh, map fax to us? Oh, I didn't even have a fax. I had a bag full of 10p's, or they might have even been half a crowns in those days <laughs> where you used to stop at the telephone boxes and things like that. But, but John's 100% right. Customers have information at their fingertips. We do it through you guys, you know, through not just through the podcast, but through the live shows and the videos we do with, with MTD. And that's what people want to see. That's what they want. They want very quick information. They want accurate information. And coming back to the fact that we have a very wide range, it is sometimes difficult to take that message across and, and bring everything into play. But the point here is, is that we, we work with the guys to develop them into working a process with the customers that has all the empathy for the customers, make sure that we understand what they want, how they want it. And, and for sure, we may put an alternative solution in, but the generally it's actually working with the customers. So once they've got the information on the, on the technical side, primarily from the website or from the electronic side, you know, they want to talk a bit deeper about other things, and that's where we come into play. Steve, John, with, with COVID, you know, the sales game has changed, in my opinion. Um, so how have DMG Mori changed the way they're playing this new game? Um, a lot more meetings on Teams. Um, you know, the old days of going out with brochures in the boot and all that kind of thing is, is long gone. Uh, I think customers are much more alive to people just knocking on doors as well. You can't do that anymore. Um, so... We, we develop relationships a lot a lot better in terms of technical contents and, and understanding where, trying to understand where a company wants to achieve, what they want to achieve. Um, I think in addition to that, we mentioned younger generation before, they're much more accepting of, of the newer way of doing business in terms of, 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 of platforms, teams, WebEx, that kind of thing. So. Um, it's a combination of the two. I think ultimately the older generation want to see people, they're much more relationships based and want, want to see um, a person in front of them. But I think as we, as we go forward, um, new, newer engineers coming through, then, then we, we, we'll do much more of this, this sort of platform. 
That's quite interesting, John, because when I look at a lot of sales forces and some of the other machine tool companies around the UK and worldwide, one thing that Steve mentioned to me a while back is that rather than having more salespeople, you've got younger guys coming in, shadowing some of the older sales guys, which really gives you an opportunity to future-proof your business through the sales process. Yeah, you, you mentioned the, the, the depth of, of the product range and, and the, the technical elements that go with that. So we are very much of the opinion that we want to develop our own talent, bring them through. So we, we currently run with uh, eight sales guys. Uh, three of those sales guys will have uh, sales associates with them who, who do... Um, you, you know, some of the coverage on the areas. Um, but we're also keen to bring through new, younger people. Uh, so they've got a, a career path. Some may stay in sales, some may go into applications. But they're all apprentice-trained engineers. Uh, and we try to give them a breadth of experience in the sales environment, maybe the applications environment. We, we, but Steve and I decided some time ago that we really want to bring people through and evolve into our company rather than come in and, and come from a standing start. Uh, we found in the past that that's quite difficult to do uh, because, as you said, that there is a, you know, 155 products to get your head around and, and, and the, the, the supporting technical elements that go with that. I mean, it's still such a very technical product and albeit, you know, I'm assuming that a lot of the the due diligence and, and the, the initial sales is now done on teams, you still need that 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 kind of human intervention and face-to-face and -face meetings as well, John. Is that, yeah, is that that's, still that, that's still a big part of what we do. Um, we want to see the parts. We want to see the shop floor environment. We want to understand what the customer wants to achieve um, and what the end goal is and also how it may change. So, so we... we, we we're really huge on that, is understanding the customer requirement. And relationships. And, and relationships. Yeah. But the fundamental thing is that we offer the right solution. Um, so some customers have a better idea than others. And we see in sales process as well, a lot of customers are pre-prepared. They've done a lot of research anyway because the content on websites is, is so vast. So uh, sometimes it's a question of, of, of some of the finer details. Uh, so we've, we've also experienced that. But, but ultimately, face-to-face -face is, is where we want to be. Something that we see uh, across all our channels uh, is the more content when sending out uh, as like a case study. Why did you buy that machine? Why that brand? How did it solve the, your solution? I think that's where Steve earlier is talking about MTD does play a big part because I think, you, you know, we're talking engineer to engineer to a certain extent. And I've bought this uh, because it really solved my solution. Uh, I wanted to future-proof my business, for example. And I feel like, um, obviously, I've got a full package from DMG Mori because I've got the service element, added automation, and I think that is what you're competing with in today's yeah. market. Yeah, and we're looking for... Because you know, we're looking for security of investment, aren't they? They're looking for reliability, they're looking for performance, and they're looking for the t latest technical advantages that, that will give them an edge in their marketplaces. So I've, I've certainly started to see a lot more DMG Mori machines in, in smaller accounts that probably seven or eight years ago I, I didn't see. Now, now, Steve, you know, you know, in my intro, you know, I mentioned that DMG Mori is a multi-billion pound global organisation, and it's safe to say you obviously have an outstanding product that sells globally. But can you talk us through the sales growth in the UK and your market share and aspirations for the future? Yeah, um, 
from a point of view, just coming back to what John was saying there, the, we would like to sell more machines for sure, but we want them to be right. We want the relationship to be right. We want the, the support levels to be correct. So you've probably seen from, or customers listening to this may have seen on the MTD podcast, uh, sorry, videos, that we've got a lot of people behind the sales team supporting a lot of technical people to make sure that the product works 100% as it is. And, you know, I think there's sort of top three companies in the UK and we're one of them. I wouldn't claim to say I'm number one, number two or number three, but we're a volume supplier because of the product that we have. Um, our aim is to, to grow each year for sure, but actually grow with um, some kind of high level of support so we become more and more um, recognised by the marketplace that we can look after the people, that they can feel secure, that they will be in safe hands. And this is really important to me. So over the last nine years when I've been sitting in this position, I've wanted to actually um, just take this company into a very credible, uh, meaningful environment where people can believe in us, they can trust us. And they can say, and they can turn around to John's team, who are trusted advisors, trusted business advisors, and say, what do I need? And, and that's really where we want to go. Now, that doesn't mean that we have the biggest market share. But I think just by the fact that we've got a big product range will take us to, to a larger market share in general. I think also one thing uh, you invest in globally at DMG, Maurice, Steve, is that when we took our last trip to Fronton, you was expanding the front and plant to actually build more machines. The environment and the green issues are a big part of how you look at building machines at DMG Murray. And because of the amount of uh, machines that you do produce, obviously you're looking to make sure that you're giving something back to the environment in the way that you build your factories. It's very, very important because, you know, we can't, as a, as a nation, as a world, we cannot carry on burning the planet because if we do you know, our children and grandchildren won't have anything to live on. You know, the place will just literally be burnt up. So we have to do something now. Machines coming out of us are carbon neutral, so our factories are carbon neutral. Um, but we're also putting items on there to make sure that they're environmentally friendly in respects of power consumption, using the right transformers, for example, when you're coming in from Japan to alleviate CO2s. And then, of course, all the, all the other things we do about, you know, with nature, planting trees and using sustainable uh, energy forces uh, and this kind of thing. You know, it's, it's a big thing for us. Very, very important. The press release that we recently put on MTD about the a new Egypt factory, could you tell us a little bit more? We've got a new facility coming in Egypt, which is predominantly supplying into Egypt and the African nations. Uh, and these guys need to develop their infrastructure. And we're there in early days. They're working very closely with the Egyptian um, parliament and the, the president of, it, uh, of Egypt. Um, and it's really to actually look after different parts of the world. And the driver here, of course, again, is, is that why do we want to produce a machine, um, you know, in, our, uh, in Japan and then ship it all the way over, all that cast iron being shipped over, and then to put it in the UK, where what we're starting to do is to build that product in Europe and vice versa. Now, that won't go for all products. There's going to be specialisation in each factory. But the reality is, again, we re try to reduce the CO2s that, that are being expelled.
I think when you're looking at some of the emerging markets, when you've got the background and the might of DMG Mori, building these factories, it must be the factory of the future that you're actually building, Steve. Yeah, we've, I mean, we've got new development in, uh, John mentioned, in the factories, but we've now got new development coming into FAMOT. Um, there will be more uh, development coming into Graziano, into Italy. And that was announced this week within the group. Um, so they, they are factories of the future for sure. They're really nice factories. When having this kind of um, infrastructure behind you guys and the people, you know, not just in the UK but globally, you know, John especially, you know, you're selling um, a, a premium product and with that comes high expectations from your clients. You know, how big of a selling point is that for you when going in to see your clients? Well, there'll be an increasing one. We, we uh, obviously, the, the technical competence of the machines and that's key in, in terms of what, what what it will give customers but as Steve said on the green side that, that, that is becoming more and more prevalent as, as government bringing more legislation uh, and charging against CO2 emissions then then the carbon neutrality of our machines will become uh, paramount import, importance. And, and even with running costs are you looking to reduce running costs of the machine with electrification you know being a big aspect not just in machine tools but for the, the for the car industry I would assume the electric price and cost will go up. The running costs of factories will go up. Is, is this something that you're also looking into? We're looking at that. Steve mentioned transformers. You know, that, that's, it's only a small part of, of, of the overall machine, but there are savings to be made by having more efficient transformers. So it's, a, it's marginal gains, isn't it? It's, it's a little bit of, of, of something adds up to a, to a large amount of, of something else. And I think that's the way that we're approaching it. We can't do it overnight. But as we, as we go through our supply chains and, and we look at their carbon neutrality as well, then, then hopefully over time, then we'll get, we'll get a, better, uh, a, a better CO2 uh, result. It's fascinating stuff. Like Steve? Well, you know, just carrying on the question there from John as well, because, you know, the big product range, it's only as good as how it's explained. So, I mean, like my sales guys and all actually the sales guys of Europe were on a call at 7 o'clock this morning for an hour... Uh, and we have we have little slots of training. Um, that's only for one hour. But then John does a lot of training from a kind of mentoring point. We do a lot of webinars, a lot of internal seminars, and that kind of thing. So the, what's behind us is, is a growing force. And, you know, they're constantly feeding down information to us and trying to educate our people. That's a really good point um, in terms of the carbon footprint is that um, we, we spoke, touched on earlier about teams and, and, and all sorts of platforms. A lot of our technical training is done via that now. I've, I've been in machine tools sort of 20, 25 years and it, it was always you get on a plane and you go and do some factory training. That, that rarely happens now. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is occasion where it has to be done because you have to see and, and touch the machines and that kind of thing. But, but a lot of it over the last sort of 15 months has, has all been on teams and I think that will continue. So again, we're trying to reduce our footprint in that regard. We brought a, a new machine in, a CLX450TC, which is a multitasking machine. And we brought it in a couple of months ago and we spent a month doing demonstrations. We did about 35 demonstrations from it, live to a customer, individual customer via Teams. And it was actually quite surprising the amount of people that didn't really know how to hook up to the Teams because they don't use it. There's no need for them to use it. So, you know, it's a bit asking me to go and do something that I don't do. Well, I'm not sure. But we actually got through all those. So effectively, we had 35 companies come through the showroom 
uh, on, on a you know a private demonstration, and we've ended up with a few orders on the back of this as well. It's been really good. One guy said, "Wow, I didn't even know." Pull straight down with the monies. <laughs> so, so is this also saving you time and money as an organisation? Efficiency is much better. Yeah, and the customer. Yeah, you, you know, and of course, if you, if you extend the, the green discussion as well, that's thirty-five customers that haven't travelled into into our showroom, which is. It's a bit of a double-edged sword, but but nevertheless, that they'll come if they really need to come. So that's it's initial that's, sales, isn't it? It's, it's due diligence it's and, due and just diligence, kind of, yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's, it's technically thirty-five people to our sales our showroom. John, in my experience of uh, being in the industry, when you look at machine tools, uh, you know they're, they're <laughs> it's not that difficult to make a good machine tool. But what drives it is the software. Now, you guys have actually been pushing digitization for many, many years. Do you think that that's a selling point for, for, for you guys at DMG Murray? Yeah, absolutely. I, th I think um, there, there, are, there are five segments really on the digitisation that, 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 that we concentrate on, which is planning, preparation, production, monitoring and services. So if you think about all those individual items in terms of, 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 of production planning, the actual preparation of that, the production, and, and then obviously um, uh, the, the after-sales service as well, that... that, that these are these are the five key key areas, and then it's how we get all that to speak to each other. So some may have elements of of digitisation. What what we try to do is bring it all together. So sort of like messenger, that kind of thing, um, are all f fundamental parts of what of our offering uh, on the machine I, tools. I suppose in a way, with uh, some some of the products you've got in that portfolio, you you, you know, I, th I think I was listening to the last podcast, uh, Geo and talking about um, the life cycle products. And you have one engineer uh, fixed four different machines or four yeah. different locations yeah. Yeah. from his desk. Yeah. I mean, yeah. amazing. Well, that, again, you know, it's, 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 it's new, uh, carbon neutral. So, but he's sitting there basically on a laptop, linked into the customer. And just to give you an idea here, because a customer did ring me last week and actually speak, and he was a bit confused about it. We aren't linked to the machine all the time. What happens is, is when the customer wants to talk to us, he links it. Now, it may be an application issue, it may be a machine issue, it may be wants to, to run the machine in a particular way, then he can link in with us. We create the link, it's a secure link, we do whatever's necessary, then we break the link again. But this guy actually sat in his uh, home in Huddersfield and he fixed the machine. If I remember rightly, it was Devon, Chelmsford, um, uh, Newcastle and Aberdeen. All in one day. Fantastic. It's, it's an amazing story. Because re really when you think about it, I mean, the amount of uh, machines that you've got out in the field in the UK and Ireland, uh, obviously your service team, Steve, that's one thing you've worked on uh, as being a managing director for the last seven or eight years. And I think that's really, really key because you're only good as your weakest link. You might have the best machine tool, the best software, but if it's not running, it's not earning your money, is it? Yeah, that's correct. And, and this is why I wanted to do these podcasts. I want to be very open and transparent to the, to the public to say, this is how we run our business. You know, a lot of people think, oh, it's a salesman coming. Actually, it's not a salesman. He's, he's a business advisor. And actually, if the customer's listening, hear, you know, John's guys say, this is the situation, the machine's going to be sold, or the price is going up, believe them. There's no sharp practice here. They're telling them as it, as it is. And, of course, the nice thing about it is all of those people behind. So we can only go into repeat business if 
these guys have got security from their side so that the service and the apps and the, the lifecycle people, the accounts, everybody is looking after the customer. And that's what we're driving at. So John's guys at the front telling them the great story and then the back at end, it's, it's got to happen. It's got to happen. It's a great story, Stephen. John, I've got a question for you, really. And, and, and for our, I want you to answer it for our listeners, really. I mean, want to start getting into some of the technology that you're actually selling, some of the machine tools that you're actually selling up. DMG Mori, it's been a privilege and a pleasure to be doing these podcasts and learning about some of the evolution in the infrastructure and all the digitalization. But how do you break down the barriers to entry with some of this new technology that you offer? It's really having that sensible discussion at front end with the customer and, and understanding where their, their competence levels are as, as much as anything and, and trying to understand how we can best fit their requirements. So we, we have technology cycles which, which make programming easier for whether it be gear skiving or anti-vibration platforms, that kind of thing. So, But it's really understanding what the application is and having that discussion at the front end with the sales guys and uh, and the customer. Then we can start to build specifications, understand the application, uh, and then offer a solution. So it's 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 it really is no more complicated or, or difficult than that. But there is a skill set in terms of of, of communication and listening skills as, as to what the customer is actually saying to you versus what what he thinks he's saying to you. So. When you're talking to your sales guys, is it um, as important now where the customers actually say, I've got this part, what can you offer me? Or is it more from the point of view, we can find a better solution than how you're doing it now? Well, it's both. You, you, you know, some companies are very traditional in the way that they want to operate, and that, that's fine. Um, but yes, we, we also look at how we can look at a, a holistic solution and how we can give them an optimum an optimum solution to a, a to production requirement or a complex part. Uh, but some companies are, are pretty set on, on how they want to operate and what they do. So we've got to respect that as well. But our job is to, is to communicate what we can offer and, and, and customers work with us to say, well, if that's not quite for me or, or I'm happy with this, then that's fine also. I mean, not too long back, John, Steve, you know, the... the, the, the people embracing automation was in the UK was quite a rarity unless you were in the automotive industry. Yeah. But now it seems to have kind of escalated dramatically. Maybe, again, this may have been driven from COVID. Um, and not long back either, you know, you know, some of your automation solutions were third-party automation solutions, but it's, became, it's become apparent that now you're offering your own automation solutions. You know, again, going back to the last question a little bit, really, how are you... Uh, breaking down the barriers to entry, not just for the automation, which is, is is absolutely massive, and I think it's one of the biggest efficiency drivers and reducing cost per parts. But for for technologies such as artificial intelligence, which you're also uh, dipping into, Steve. Yeah, I think just going back onto the automation. Automation's been made a lot more simple to run, so you you can definitely do low volume, high variety type applications. And previously, you know, we go back just a few years and it used to be just associated with high volume sort of runs. So now you can do low volume. So you've got things like what we call the PH150, which is a, a pallet system that can be put on the side of most of our machines uh, in, in machining sensors. Um, we, we use Robo2Go 
which can be put in the front of our lathes, turning machines, um, and these are very f easy systems to, to operate with fixed cycles. So John mentioned about the can cycle. So you can utilise it from the control itself. And that's the benefit of using our software. It's all linked in together. There is no different, you know, difficult handshakes to make with the different technologies. It's all one. But for sure, if somebody wants a piece of bespoke and they want to perhaps put some kind of robot in with some cleaning cell or something, we can do that as well. You know, so, you know, it, it, it's endless what we can do. The artificial intelligence is, is coming and there are, there are selections on the machines that, that help us with that. But, um, you know, it's not as if what we discussed earlier where we've got a robot walking around and cleaning the place, you know, it's not quite <laughs> the same. <laughs> it's very difficult. We, we currently run about 50 technology cycles. So, so, again, it's understanding where these fit. You can't possibly explain them all at the front end, that would be a very long meeting. But we, So that's why we need, it's important that we discuss with the customer what the requirement may be. It sounds to me like it's a really exciting journey between you and your customers, especially with all this new technology that you've got to offer. Yeah, I, I think it is an exciting time. And, and um, I think for a young person coming into this industry now, it is an exciting time because the, the technology platforms that are on offer, the technical advances that are on offer, um, I, I did a bit of a presentation to our, our LCP guys uh, just before Christmas, which seems a long time ago now, but uh, so for these, these young people in front of me, you, it's an exciting time in our business, in our sector, in our industry. And that's one uh, a theme that we've been on, Steve, isn't it? You know, I've been to a, a number of different academies where you've put kit in there because these guys need to come off that shop floor after two or three years of what you know, they're, they're, they're learning measures, let's say, and hit the, short, sh uh, the floor running, I should say. But one, one other point, I know we're going to be having a separate um, podcast on your finance, but when you look at your new business sales over the last sort of couple of years, your finance package has been a bit of a game changer, hasn't it? It's been huge. Um, in excess of 50, 60% of our business is now conducted through DMG Murray Finance because what you've got to do is... Not only have you got to do what John said about listening and communicating, you've then got to put forward a compelling technical and commercial um, proposal. It's no good actually these days just saying, well, you know, there's a machine, off you go. Because, you know, you've, you've put a machine in front of a customer at, let's say, £350,000. What have you done? You've just given him a £350,000 headache, you know. So what you need to do is to break that down. So most people, you, I, the same, how much do we spend a month? You know, Mary goes out and buys a new car, how much are we going to spend on that car each month? I'm not really interested in the headline price. I'm not really interested about how I'm going to pay it off. I want to know how much I'm paying each month. And, of course, the customers can work like this. And more and more customers are doing this because it actually reduces their risk. It keeps their own cash flow. And cash flow today is really, really important. Keeping your cash you know, in the bank, in your pocket, wherever you keep it, is really, really important. You need that for a rainy day. And we've had a rainy 18 months, haven't we, or maybe more. Seems, so, seems like longer, if I'm honest. <laughs> yeah. So the DMG Murray Finance is a... We won't go into too much detail because the next podcast, but it's our own book. And we only finance our own machines. And we finance in a very different way to how the traditional finance houses would work. And this is about supporting manufacturing. And if we support manufacturing in that way, we benefit, clearly. You know, but so does the customer. 
Steve, you know, I think it's fantastic. I've seen a lot of, uh, I've been to see a lot of uh, engineers that have, have took you on, uh, took out this finance package. And again, going back to one of my previous questions, they're, they're small engineering companies that in the past, I wouldn't have imagined them having a brand new DMG Mori. Um, and it's been an absolute game changer for them to have this new technology and be more competitive and ultimately make more money. Is this been the secret to getting more machines into these smaller companies? Yeah, yeah I think it is, it's a huge part of, as, as use that word again, huge part, but it's of, of, of what we've been doing over the, the last sort of two, two to three years. I think it also fits quite nicely into, we mentioned younger generation people before and how they buy things and I think it fits quite neatly into that subscription models you know we, we've, we've all seen the Netflix and the, and the various bits and pieces so they are they're much more in tune with that method of payment and how you how you buy things or procure things um, and then very quickly we we move them on if if, if it runs out of its, its life cycle or the technology changes and you see that with your iPhones or, or whatever phone you're using. It, it's, um, it, you go to the next generation as your requirement changes. I mean, I've uh, I had the pleasure of uh, being out with some of your sales guys with customers, you know, look, looking at why they've bought them, learned quite a lot myself. But, you know, there's not much that you can't offer to any client with the portfolio, the platform, the digitization, the the money that you must spend at DMG Mori for, uh, you know, the future products coming through. It, it, it must be, you must feel very comfortable as a sales organization thinking, we'll find a solution for you. Yeah, always. I think I think we have a solution for, for almost any any scenario, any any customer. Uh, we, we, there are certain things, of course, where we think, well, it's just not for us, but not not often. Um, and we can wrap that around a finance package or a, or a technical solution uh, to, so the customer can be more competitive. And, and, and that's really you know, the, the, uh, the bottom line, isn't I think, it? I think yeah. it, it speaks for itself. I mean, you know, uh, it, what a fantastic offer. And, um, you know, it'd be brilliant you know, for, for engineers getting into engineering to, to be able to take that up and have, you know, a fantastic new DMG Mori machine on site we're getting to the end of this podcast unfortunately it's been an absolute pleasure um the final question for me is really john is is you know you've been in machine tools for 25 years you know i've noticed some changes but most of the changes now and you've mentioned software you've mentioned the young generation you've mentioned how you know through design you're making it more accessible to them not just from the the, the machine tool but even finance packages you know are most of your changes now coming through software, not mechanical changes to the machine tool? Uh, predominantly, yeah. I mean, you, you, you'll reach a limit on the mechanical side. Uh, but again, we, we've, as I said, it's sort of six segments uh, from milling, turning through to laser tech and that kind of thing. But the software now is, um, is, is giving greater insight into the performance of the machines and the capability of the machines and, and making it easier for companies to, to do more complex parts quicker, more efficiently. Steve, it's always traditional that I put you on the spot. <laughs> so next few months, next six months, new products coming? Yes, we have got new products. Uh, R&D has continued all the way through the COVID. We haven't cut back on that as a group. So, you know, with all the factories out there thinking about new ideas, um, this morning, you know, we've launched um, a smaller version of the DMP70. Um, so, you know, that's another product that's coming through. Um, we're doing a pre-show uh, pre at Fronten in a few weeks, pre to Emo. 
emo won't be very well attended. So, you know, from that point of view, we've got a very small stand there with minimum number of machines, if any, because again, you can just take this digital platform to the customers. So um, there'll be new products around that time and um, it carries on. So as you just said there, Gio, from the sales perspective, they can walk in, listen to a customer. I've got one of them. I can do this. It can do this. Or there's an alternative. We can do extra. We can do this. So, yeah, I mean, I, I would say, again, where John's got, the, we've got the younger generation coming through in our company. They've got a really exciting future. And I think um, uh, engineers listening to this podcast, there's plenty of great case studies on the MTDC CNC platform. Go in onto the suppliers page, go on DMG Murray, and you will see those testimonials and how wonderful they've been looked after. Brilliant. John, any last thoughts? No, I think I think as we as we come out of COVID, then you know it's been a tough time, but I, I think that um, uh, the market will pick up. Hopefully, people can start to 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 to, to get around a bit easier, and um, and the market gets back to where, maybe where it was in two thousand nineteen, which would be very nice. <laughs> John, it's been a pleasure to meet you properly today. It's been fantastic you, uh, yeah. being, being on this podcast with me and uh, Steve. Thank you again. It's been a pleasure. Look forward to the next one. Yeah, thanks, Gio. I mean, this has been really interesting for me to have different members of staff sit with me and go through this um, podcast, which is it just, you know, open up our doors to the customers. This is part of the new way of working. And, um, you know, maybe it's not for everyone to listen to, but actually the few people that have been listening to it, I've had feedback already. It's been very, very positive. A few little jokes and laughs and things, but, you know, actually... We've done it as fairly natural. We're not sitting here with a big script. You know, we've just talked about who we are, what we're doing. So we've got another one coming up with the finance, which we'll do, and um, look forward to seeing you guys So I don't, I don't have to bring my wallet next time then? No, 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 no wallet. No wallet. No, no, no. no. <laughs> Thanks, Steve. Well, until next time, um, the MTD podcast, we, we really hope that you have found this podcast insightful and informative um, and I hope it's taught you what you're actually buying into when buying a DMG Mori. Until next week, the MTD podcast. <laughs>